Welcome to the Mark and Lila Love Broadway Podcast. I'm Mark. I've been a fan of musical theater since I was a little kid. Seen shows on Broadway, listening to original cast recordings on cassette, and performing in community theater. I'm Lila, and I love musical theater, but I'm a newbie. The theater bug bit me late in life, but boy, did it bite me. So grab your favorite beverage, get comfy, and let's talk Broadway. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the next installment of Mark and Lila Love Broadway. This week, we sat down with the creators, directors, and stars of the musical theater mockumentary, Act of Faith. Our conversation with Kyle Reed Haas, Jeremy Swanton, and Dana Norris was a total blast. We hope you enjoy this as much as we did. So sit back and relax and enjoy our interview with the creative minds behind Act of Faith. Oh my God. So we are so excited to talk to y'all. We think y'all are the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm obsessed with Act of Faith, guys, and obsessed with all of you. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so so excited. So so just for our listeners, we are sitting down with uh, the creators and uh, cast of Act of Faith. So we have Jeremy Swanton, who plays Felix. Dana Norris, who plays Harper, and Kyle Reed Haas, who plays Ollie. Um, Hello. I know, I know your character name is better than I know your real names. I'm so <laughs> yes. sorry. Yes. Like, okay. you know, I've like three times in a row. <laughs> I'm just completely obsessed. It's so, like, from a theater kid's perspective, oh my gosh, I just love it so much. So thank you for making this incredible mockumentary show for us to enjoy. Um, You have to tell me, Kyle, where you got your blue glasses that you oh. wear in the show. Yeah, so oh, uh, Jeremy, yeah. Jeremy costumed, um, a, a lot of the costumes on the show, because the show's so low budget, are like um, people's actual clothes. But there's a couple of characters, like obviously Deborah Lynn and Ollie. Uh, we knew from the get-go that they would be, we would be costuming those characters. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy, you can speak to that. Well, yeah, I was more of like a liaison in terms of the costuming. I did a lot of um work on the set as well I wanted it to feel very specific like all of the the posters were designed by me and stuff like that and it was really cool because it it you know it was this barren kind of office space and then you know turning it into what what would each character have on their desk like down to like the nitty-gritty of like you know um if you look at Carly's desk um some of my favorite things are she has um Carrie Butler's like original headshot from like just when she graduated (laughs) from school and stuff like that and so like it was so much fun doing that but um I um have worked in costume design as well and so we really wanted to create a specific look for each character and so I would you know talk to each person about their stuff but with Ollie the I I knew that we are big 30 Rock fans. And so we loved, uh, we wanted to pay tribute to Tina Fey in some way. Um, and so we thought that the best way to do that was through the glasses, or at least that's what I thought. And he wears glasses normally, but um, we wanted ones that were a little bit more dramatic and, you know, that just told you who the character was the second that you saw him. Yeah. So, so um, those glasses don't actually, uh, they're not prescription. So I actually, gotcha. yeah, I can't see at all when. Oh, uh, <laughs> No. So um, they're prop glasses, yeah. Yeah, there's no. all these photos on set of me because we directed it too. So there's all these photos on set of me wearing my actual glasses on top of those glasses. Um, 
because it became a thing where it like I don't have contacts and I've just never done contacts. So in order to see while on set, like I'm wearing it was these like, it on was top like of this. it. Yeah. I, I, I'm walking around the set like this, directing. <laughs> and sometimes I have done that. I yeah. have done that before when I had when my, I I do wear contacts and these are my readers and uh-huh. people will tell me they'll be like, Do you have new glasses? I like those glasses. I'm like they're readers, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> thirty pair of them, and but I like to mix them up. So like when yeah. I was watching Ollie's character, I was like, I need those. So oh, yeah, yeah, no, Amazon, Amazon was where I found those. So that, you know, it was a lot of fun. Um, the glasses Amazon is everything. Hard. I love it. It's like I have glasses too, and whenever I'm doing like dance stuff it's always brutal because especially if there's like spinning involved because I always have to take out of context so I'm always like I'm just kind of hoping that I'm twirling and I'm not gonna die because I can only like halfway see yeah. and if you will they'll fly right they'll off they'll fly right off yeah oh no you know what though I gotta tell you Dana it, I'm sure that anything you do you steal the space so even in real life I'm like, you steal the space you steal the show we're obsessed with harper for sure very much so. Oh. yeah so i need to know so how how did the three of you meet have you been like friends like since theater camp or kind of tell me the story yeah sure. yes um do you want to you can go yeah well, she's the, like kind of the connector dana and i dana and i met doing um christian youth theater cyt um and uh it's very similar to ACCT. Um, and that was how that was how we met. And that was I, I we were like 15 or 16 when we met. Yeah. And then it was it wasn't a year later that I met Jeremy doing um a youth theater production of Spring Awakening. Mm-hmm. We were cast as mouth. Oh great. Yeah. Um at and, the time I was uh, a dancing knife in a different production of Beauty and the Beast. That is so true. so I'd I come home from I, I would come home from rehearsal yeah. with Paul Dana. And I, I talk about playing Melchior and she talk about playing a knife. Oh, no. <laughs> right, yeah. So they say, write what you know. So obviously, Active Faith centers around uh, a Christian uh, youth theater. Mm-hmm. And that's how the two of you met. So I, yeah. I, I love that. Because mm-hmm. I was going to ask, how did you come up with this? But you, you wrote what you knew. Yeah, right. sure. And it's it's a very real thing. Jeremy was in a company that was also a child, a like Christian children's theater company in the area. I was in like the like the the rejects of like this theater company's like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like not like the rejects in like a bad way, but they were just like people who just, you know, um it, it, it was a very conservative environment and it was a very um different um brand of Christianity. Uh, I just grew up in a very different kind of uh christian youth theater too but it was like even crazier experiences too and um that inspired the show as well like the whole shoulder touch um incident and scenario was based on a scandal that happened in when my own childhood theater company seriously yeah yeah it was was, uh, you know we fictionalized it a little bit but it was it but went the, the down it was rocked by someone touching someone else on the shoulder. shoulder yeah so, wow. <laughs> so someone as sorted as deborah lynn yeah yeah yes, yes. yes. Yeah. you know it's a true the, the like, level of petty uh, that, that we grew up with is like the, the way we write it in the show it's not that different from what we really grew that's up what with. i was gonna say really? stranger than fiction with this show this show is a testament to that like most of um, my friend Johnny, when he watched the show, he Johnny Ray put it best by saying, like, 
what we did because he also did CYT with us. He was like, what you did is just alter the truth just a little so that you can see how absurd what was actually going on was. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so just by exaggerating ever so slightly, and, and it's like a caricature of what of real events, just like, but just slightly caricaturized. And then, and then you can really see, oh, this was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet it, I, I, cause I'm trying to picture myself in your shoes. Yeah. And I bet you're just take a step back after some scenes and you're like, wait, really? Did that really happen? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that was very much like our experience growing up in CYT is where stuff would happen at rehearsal and Kyle and I would just look at each other from across the room and we'd be like, there were so and you know we we get kind of heavy at, at, at points in the show right. but it you sure. know it's we it's that whole um adage i believe it was uh howard ashman right who said it mm-hmm. uh, make them make them laugh so you can make them cry mm-hmm. and that, that yeah. was mm-hmm. yeah how we could wanted to handle this that's you know? absolutely so. this sh- I mean, we've had a lot of people say that the show made them cry or like tear up, especially in episode, um, the end of episode seven um, and through the end that there there are those like, with, without spoiling anything, the scene with like Fiona mm-hmm. um, and at the end of seven and then just like, uh, yeah, I and the three of us, obviously, like when we all watched it together that first time, remember at the shop? Oh, yeah. We all cried. Um, uh, out of what we did, you know, but we didn't know if it would be heartfelt for people too. But we've we have gotten that feedback, which makes me really right. happy because I I like to tell stories that really make an impact. You know, as much as we love having fun and yeah. making people laugh, like well, and uh, great if you can do both. I think the pro- so I mean I do a lot of comedy and like stand up and all that, and the problem I see consistently with comedy TV shows is they're funny, but they comp- they lack heart or they'll let any kind of substance. And so we talked about something that was really important to all of us is that it be really funny, but it actually have just some real soul to it. And Mm -hmm. I think it's hard to walk that line between it being funny and it having depth. Well, I think what happened, so this, it's, this is kind of sad, but um, the, the, the guy who kind of inspired Ali um like died by suicide in 2020 oh. um and uh we had already written a pilot for this and gotten his his, his like stamp of approval to tell this mm-hmm. story and um and it just the pilot wasn't very good because it was ex- it was just it was funny we mm-hmm. had this this concept that they would be doing miss saigon but that they would want it to be Annie. So slowly you walk in, Miss Saigon turn into Annie and there'd be the scene where they're like, Miss Saigon. What about you? Like all and, like Holly um, really wanted to do Miss Saigon, but the parents wanted it to be right. a rated production of Annie. Yeah, and it's so, so it like it would morph. And then um and then what happened was uh the we pandemic were, happened. The yeah. pandemic happened. We had that pilot sitting there. Um we had all been working in live theater. We were living in New York until the pandemic and we were all working in live theater and that wasn't happening during that time so we were like let's go back to this idea and he had just died and the and and he took he used to he used to work as in the admin staff of a religious children's theater organization and he would take me to work and I'd sit in the office and I always thought this is literally the office but for theater people this would be an amazing tv show like um and then uh when when he died though it became like oh this is 
this is this is really important um that uh I don't know. I think a lot of people right now are apprehensive about using humor as like a um as an as like an actual like tool and as a like uh, a way of like um affecting culture um and and conversations like inspiring people to have conversations um and uh just because when when something is a sensitive issue you don't want to make light of no. that but at the same time um people need to know that it's okay to like laugh. It's okay to experience joy. And humor can be very healing. Yeah. And to have a sense of humor about something because the thing that the, the experience we had growing up in that community that inspired act of faith is it's, it's absolutely hilarious. And there's no denying when we get together with people that we grew up with, like, it's just constant comedy. Like we like, and, and we would tell these stories about growing up in, and, um, things, adults actually said things kids actually said I knew an actual uh choreographer who always and it was her signature had to put a fabric dance into every single show yes that was no no yes yes it was known so like there had to be a sheet dance in the orphanage there typically is an Annie but she would do it in like and like everything everything like, like if it was everything. anything if it was Les Mis if it was Joseph Honk it would always she'd find a way to do a fabric dance yeah but then, what about did did they try to put it in best little church house we oh. are obsessed <laughs> with, we have to we but we independently were oh. like but we didn't even talk to each other about it until Mark came over earlier this evening and we were like, oh my God, we were dying. That's a little true. I'm obsessed with like Hare Jr. and Chicago Jr. Yes. You have all these Easter eggs. Yeah. All through it. Like, like most of them don't repeat. Like in like episode seven, I was like, oh, there's another one. I mean, they they just like pop up and I'm like, that's hilarious. I'm Thank so you glad so much. You, Thank you. You noticed the Bessel Church House in Texas thing because <laughs> a lot of the people who watch the show, if they're not theater people, they'll miss those little details. Right. So, mm-hmm. so it's so satisfying to talk to you and like you got that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. I loved it. Oh, I loved you. it. And I yeah. really became obsessed with Gertrude's banana. Oh yeah. Because we're doing a whole we're gonna do the whole length Gertrude's banana eventually. That's coming. Of course. I yes. will be there in the front row if it's, oh, if it's a live theater. I will be there because yeah. that's amazing. It yeah. So funny. I told you earlier today, Kyle, when I was on the phone with you, I'm like, yeah, because you you gotta tell us the story of Gertrude's banana. Oh yeah. Oh well that was that was it was so um last last minute so we were um like we said we had we had to come up with a, a pilot before and then we were fortunate enough to be in this position where we could film this pilot and we didn't know uh if we wanted to film the season from there or like what was going to go on afterwards and so we um we didn't know if the show was going to be a musical we didn't know if it was going to be a musical because we had just written a show um contact high in new york that uh was a musical and um dana was were you working on faceplant yeah you were yeah no no faceplant was right at was Uh, i meant during activate oh yes yes i was so dana was was writing a musical of her own and um we uh, it's just something that we've always done is is tell stories through songs 
So it it feels I, it actually feels harder for me the thought of writing without songs to tell the story because it's just who I am as a storyteller. Like I really wanted it to be a true like the characters sing their feelings musical, and um they were both actually both kind of on the fence about it a little bit. My um, initial reaction was like, is that going to be too much marzipan? I think that was probably yours too. Yeah, I was I was a little like apprehensive because i just wanted it you know it's already such a niche show you know and then we wanted we didn't want to add the layer of um uh just you know adding the musical layer which we love you know what i mean and i know theater people love but we didn't want to um you know um we just didn't want to get muddy we didn't know if maybe and i and i heard we, i heard the concern so i was back and forth about it our, we one have, of our favorite shows too is Steven Universe. I don't know if you've ever watched that show. Um, it's an animated, it's an animated series. series. It's really amazing. But it's a music. What's it called? Steven, Steven Universe. Um, and Where, so what's that on? Is it on? Uh, it was a Cartoon Network show, and it was this animated series. And um, Kyle and I are are married actually, and our uh, rings are ruby and sapphire because of the show. It's like so. It's like a whole thing. Um, but um, we what I loved about that show and one of the reasons why I was hesitant was because when you watch it like there's not a song that feels out of place really and we had created such a tight-knit script at first that we were like okay like does this thing sing and then so it was down to the final week like within I want to say a day or but two the, ar the argument you know? that I had was if we if we want the opportunity for it to be a musical later on. If we want to be able to do musical numbers, there needs to be one in the pilot. Right. Because we can always have it be a thing where, oh, there was a musical number in our pilot and then that didn't happen later on. And I think that the audiences would accept that. But if you didn't have one in the pilot and then you tried to make it a musical show later on, it would be like, well, why doesn't the pilot have a musical number? Yeah, so we didn't I, establish that language. Yeah, we didn't establish that being the language of the show. Right. So I was like, sure. let's do one for the pilot. So what we did is we wrote we were like, well, where would the song go? And then the one issue we all had with the script was that Felix wasn't a very likable character in the earlier draft. Mm -hmm. And um, I had said at one point, like, I don't know if you, you all watched um, Parks and Recreation, but Ben Wyatt has, um, like, there, there's a character named Ben Wyatt and he comes in to like be the the like um the the guy who gets everyone like on task. He has a very similar personality to um budget cuts. To, all yeah, that. he has a very similar personality to yeah. Felix. But but the way you, they make him likable is he has this backstory that um he had a uh he, he that when he was young he was like a nineteen or twenty years old he was made the mayor of a small town and he spent the whole town's budget on this thing called Ice Town, which was like a celebration <laughs> where like everything was snowy and icy and it was a disaster and it bankrupted the town. And so um we were like we need we to knew the musical Felix... theater equivalent of Ice yeah. Town. And that's what <laughs> banana was. He looks needed to have a past and so Yeah like like what is the most checkered past you could have in the world of musical theater? And it's like <laughs> like writing a musical so bad that Sondheim starts writing as a theater quit critic to call your show a threat to musical theater as an art which group. is a reference to um when uh who is it diane paulus directed um the revival of um porgy and bess, porgy and, bess. Sure. and sondheim used to write theater reviews when he was young like like pre-west side story and he had written a couple over the years and then he like stopped writing theater reviews and then he wrote one about Diane Paulus's Porgy and Best because he hated it so much. Oh, and it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's biting. a ruthless review. But we but we were like, um, 
he needs to do what he did to Diane Paulus to Felix, to Felix in the script. Yeah. <laughs> and so, in our, so then we're like, that's what it'll be. It'll be that song. So we purposely wrote it so that it was Ali singing it to Felix so we could shoot it two ways. One where I was just standing there just singing it a cappella in the parking lot and it didn't become like a musical moment. And then one where it became a musical moment mm-hmm. and we he sang along. And then we ran out of time on set to shoot it the other way. So we all decided on set, I guess we're making a musical. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was perfect. I love the musical moment. And I love the fact that this was a musical, you know, mockumentary series. Because uh-huh. it just, it, it just made me, I don't know, musicals, you know, just make me happy. And this made me happy listening to these songs. And I also love the, the unconditional love song that he did. Oh, thank you. Because it basically recreated the bench scene from Carousel, which oh. is obviously, you know you know everybody knows about that and so yeah everything was just spot on i don't know thank you so much sorry i stepped on that moment how um there's a really stupid way the flower petals fall at the end yes yes Uh they look they just kind of thunk down yeah. And that was my handiwork. <laughs> yeah, Dana's on a ladder above <laughs> us, sprinkling down the petals. That's why they look so shitty. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like flop down. Is that's just me up there having no skill dropping yeah. petals, and that's why they look no, so no. dumb. Because we loved the te- we, that there was a take where they looked a little better, but our acting wasn't as good. Yeah, so you go, and it's a comedy. So. It worked, and it was just perfect. And I, oh, I got you. it. I got the irony. I thought it was great. And oh, Dana, you so stole the space yeah. as always. Yeah. As always, <laughs> you know, you stole the, even though you thought it was yeah. shitty, it wasn't. <laughs> and by the way, uh-huh. I'm going to backtrack for a second. You said you were a dancing knife. You know, you could revive that in light of Brittany doing her knives dance. Yeah, yeah. You, know? yeah. you could revive that somehow in your own musical way. It could be a good TikTok. Well, yeah. I yes. can set yes. that up if we wanted to play with that in the future where in season one where Harper's like, you know, when I was random Londoner and Oliver, I made those. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a specific setup. I don't know if we'll, we'll do more within the future, but if we want it to become a recurring gag where Harper's like, you know, when I was townsperson number five. <laughs> yeah, when I was the dancing knife. Yes, and exactly. Then, and, uh, <laughs> we'll we have, yeah, there's. Like, I guess this isn't a significant spoiler, but we have, uh, I, I don't know if it, because we're writing season two right now, but we're pretty sure Harper ends up doing some community theater at one point. So, yes. <laughs> Please um, do it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, and of course, in the typical Harper fashion where she's like, She's so uncommitted and committed at the same time. <laughs> well, she'd be method. She'd show up to work in her costume. Yeah. But for sure. I, think I, I think I know now what I'm going to be for Halloween. You're going to be Harper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going out with my friend, my friend Brenda and her daughter Diana, and we're dressing up. My dog is Wednesday, and I think I need to be Harper from... Act of faith. Absolutely. I love that. And and I'm not kidding. Ollie, you've been put down to second place. So I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, You were my bestie at at 25 minutes ago. It's hard though. She's it's gonna be like Harper and Lila love Broadway Harper and Lila. Let's go. I keep trying to push him out of the way. I have oh. found I have found my partner. <laughs> awesome. So, I'm very excited. So I need to ask you because 
so the Corbin Blue Tony performance of Godspell. Yes. I literally had to stop your show, YouTube it, and you know, kind of understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, yep. like it's not stellar, but I don't I didn't think it was terrible. Yeah, it's not right. terrible. Glass- it's not it's, it's not, not terrible. No. It's it, it Carly is a brat. Like, you know, that's te- without Carly said that we didn't. Yeah, you know? yeah. And there there's but been you a- wrote it. <laughs> yeah. We did write it. We did. But the characters the characters have a way with us, you I know, think- when they especially Carly. Like she Carly's the she of- says things we would never say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mom. They, I'm, a mama. Oh, I'm a mama. I'm a mama. We actually that that that's an example of like a real life thing of someone we know who's like I'm the mama. And yeah, yeah. Uh, even a poop th- when she was like you you should sing like you're pooping. That's real. Yeah. <laughs> but I love to. <clears throat> I love that I'm a chew, and I yeah. oh my god I'm. Like I never compliment myself, yeah. but and we all, I mean, as in different scenes in the different episodes, I'm like, didn't you think to yourself, oh, I know about four people oh, who are yeah. just like that. Yes. That's very, I mean, very relatable. Yeah. Very, very. Yeah. I, it's I such an archetype. Though, when she was like, I'm a mama. Yeah. <laughs> it's so Especially amazing. for me growing up in the theater, like I knew all those kids. I knew all those characters at one point. Absolutely. Yeah. And that makes me so mm-hmm. happy. I'm so that, that's a, that's the highest praise. But yeah. we really that's our favorite thing is just hearing that people can see themselves in it and their experiences in it, the people they knew doing it. Like that's all we want. That's like that's absolutely why we do it. Why we, yeah. we want people to watch the show and be like, I know that person. Oh, mm-hmm. I've literally had that conversation with someone. Like I know mm-hmm. someone. Like I'm really giving. Like I'm a really good friend. I'm a giver, and I give my time and energy, and I like, run out of energy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like this is a theater person's wet dream. It really is, because especially especially if they were like kid actors. Like it's 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 gold in, in my mind. So I just loved mm-hmm. every second of it. I want to ask you about Phil. So Phil <laughs> is so because he you he's got this desk that's just so abnormally clean. He's yes. always reading a book. He's uh-huh. so he's talking about using the word committed. He's so uncommitted, but boy, he will stick up for his staff. So he doesn't, and he says it honestly, I think it was in episode two or three. And he says, oh no, it was in episode one or two. And he says to Ollie, uh, when Ollie's saying, I want your job. And he's like, I know you want my job. He's And Ollie's like, you don't even like it. And he's like, I don't like it, but I need it. So that just, that, that I'm like, okay. So that's going to be Phil. But he's so when people, everybody comes in and they're just like yelling at him Phil, Phil, Phil and he's just like <laughs> he has to put a wall up a little bit he cares so much about everybody you get that, you know Yeah. but he, you know, he's got such personalities in the office that are banging on his door all the time, you know so it's, I think, yeah, he, <laughs> he has to read the Chronicles of Narnia How yeah, he's he read- I was <laughs> going to say, was that the line The Witch of the Wardrobe? It, it is, yeah. and then it's Prince Caspian it, it <laughs> actually is goes in order so in episode uh in episode two he's reading 
the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Okay. And then episode three, he's reading Prince Caspian. And then in episode four, he's reading The Voyage of the Dawn Shredder. I love that. That's and then we're going to have, I think if we, I, we still don't know what we're doing with Phil in season two. But if we have if we have him in enough episodes to do it, we want to have him read the rest of the series. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that. Where where did you find those kids? Those kids were so talented. They and were just great. great. We got lucky. So lucky. So we posted a backstage ad, and then um the uh the one the girl who plays Dakota, um her like like teacher at the youth theater where she does shows her mom like had her come help her film her audition and do her callback with us. Cause we did callbacks with everyone. Even if we knew we wanted to cast someone because I see it as this is just a side tangent. Well, I'll come back to that. Um, so R- Reagan is her name. She uh, worked at this theater company ovation and we purposely wrote the script so that like the kids, the show could absolutely suck and that would be okay. And it was because we, didn't know if we could do a good job, if we could find good kids, if we could put on a good show within the show. So the reason why it's, oh, there's only so many kids in the in the production and all that is because we didn't know if we'd get talent. And then um, Reagan knew, like, or Ra- Reagan basically said there there might be interest from um, Ovation, which is the the youth theater company where um, where Izzy, who played Dakota, um, like did shows. There might be interest in like like a group of our kids being on the show. And we were like, yes, we're very interested. So we went to Ovation, we had auditions there and we cast um, the ensemble of kids and um, uh, Maya who plays Zoe, we cast that way. And then Connor who plays Ethan and um, uh, Haley who plays Morgan, they both were backstage submissions. And then Fiona um, is actually Jeremy's cousin who yeah. we wrote the role based it, on her we did nepotism <laughs> no, exactly. no yeah but no she but she she got really, she didn't tell she anyone put, on yes. set that she was our cousin because she didn't want them to know but we um we didn't think we would we wrote it based on her because she's funny and she made her personality when she was younger made us laugh she's so funny. and then we, we didn't think we would actually cast yeah. her um but she, but she has she has a beautiful singing voice so we were like you know, she probably could sing it. And then we were like, let's just have her read it. And we just think she's so perfect in the role and just so good at it that we were like, it doesn't make any sense to look for someone else. And like, she, it's the kind of person that like young musical theater girls would relate to. Like what, like that the kind of cranky, so frustrated with life. I'm always in the ensemble. Like, but I love theater. That's an archetype that's so relatable for like young teen girls. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. We just felt like they would see themselves in that character. And then what happened was she ended up shining even more than we could have possibly imagined. Like that yeah. night that we filmed um, episode eight, like all of her back-to-back musical numbers or whatever, um, I I was so stressed because... So I was writing um, arrangements for these songs like the day of because we were on such a tight schedule to get this all done. So like... Um, in some cases we were writing the songs like the day before we'd send it to the actors they'd come back the next day knowing it um, and then we'd record we'd record it and we'd film to it and she had that night before and even the morning of we filmed all those numbers in eight she other than the breakout the big one but all those other little ones including her like solo where she's like in the queen costume and she's got the book 
she um I taught her those songs. I, I wrote those songs with her sitting there with me, um, taught them to her, not all of them, one of them, or like, like basically some of them. And I wrote the accompaniment for them. Some of them we had written ahead of time. And then um, she learned them that day, recorded them that day. And then the next day had to film all of them. And, um, and she was only like 15 which is yeah, wild to me. It was, it was a lot for us. It was too much for us to ask of a young kid like that, but, um, but it was just like time constraints in our first time doing it. And like, obviously we learned a lot doing this, um, but she just had my back. She was such a pro about it. And um, so I will forever just be so grateful and also just kind of in awe of her. That He's maybe. a genius. Is it rocket science or astrophysics? I don't remember. Uh, astrophysics. astrophysics at, that's her degree. Yeah, astrophysics. Really? Yeah. He's like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah. yeah, going into astrophysics at Cornell and then is also like, and, I, and I'll be a star Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So there were nine episodes. How yes. long did it take you to... Uh, um, tape the entire series. Um, okay, so we started filming in January of uh, 2021, and then we ended in um, July of 2021. But, um, but there was there was significant there was a couple of significant gaps in between there. So overall, well, really, we I'd filmed say... with the with the main cast. It was we filmed the first episode over a weekend in January. We filmed. The second episode, uh, with the exception of the mom scenes and the Joy and I going door to door, we filmed the rest of like like the 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 stuff that takes place at the shop. We filmed a weekend in February, and then late February, uh, there were, over the course of two week- weekends, we filmed everything involving the kids, and then March, April, and or what was mostly March and May. Um, because it, it, we had on set like a like a COVID scare that so we had to take a halt from production. Um, mm-hmm. So it was mostly just March and May we filmed the rest of the series, with the exception of the scenes that were any combination of the three of us alone mm-hmm. on okay. screen. So all and of we our, saved those for last. All of our yeah. one-on-one scenes and all of the three the three of us like when we're yelling and and next to her and like bugging out all of the musical numbers like conditional love song um something in the water bugging out all got saved um so then in uh june or july was it july it was july and then in july we we had a theater for a day and we filmed all of those and over the course of may and june we filmed our scenes between the three of us the the one thing at that theater where we shot conditional love song and bugging out and something in the water that was like a 10 hour yeah that was a whole ordeal we started in the morning and we we ended at like midnight um and our uh our um the uh, like dp uh perry his dog um was pooping blood and he (sighs) right so so i'm like we have the theater so i you know he filmed 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 a lot conditional love song for us and then he filmed uh perry did and most of bugging out so then some of bugging out and basically all of something in the water jeremy filmed yeah so (laughs) was his dog okay um yeah his dog dog was okay yes okay Okay. But, but Jeremy was. I gotta know about the dog. Oh, you know, it doesn't matter. The show doesn't yeah, matter. Like, who cares about Active Bay? The dog's great. It's a heavy camera, and it's Jer- like it's really heavy. And Jeremy's like, mm-hmm. like running around the theater with this really heavy camera, and I'm like so it, stressed. It blew my mind that he knew how to. It was because really? I think something in the water is shot so well, and it looks like cabaret, like the the zoom out and the like the different angles. 
Um, and he that was all Jeremy. So he's also a wow, that's awesome. But you were you were it was so heavy. You were shaking. Oh, I am the weakest <laughs> person you'll ever meet. Like I can't carry yeah. anything either. So it was quite comical. But I knew I I know what shots I want. You know what I mean. I grew up on my dad is a director producer, so I like grew up on film sets and stuff like that. Oh, my cool. Whole so I um I I knew what I wanted and stuff like that too. And so I was like. We're, we're getting this shot hell or high water i'm gonna yeah. you know <laughs> you know that's like um, deal with the carrying the, the weight of it all <laughs> right the only reason this uh project was financially possible um and just even happened at all was because jeremy's dad has that shop at the, it, where like the acct office that uh -huh. is media company's office and all of the <laughs> film equipment to make a tv show is there and so we just like decorated it like it was a youth theater admin office and we were able to film there. So we had a set and we had all the equipment already um, down, down the street yeah. and it wasn't being used because, because of, the, of pandemic. the pandemic. Yeah. So, so that's why the show, that's why season one was even possible. Yeah. And um, it, you know, and all those actors. So this show was non union. Um, there were, there was no, no union uh, work on this. And um, we, I can't believe the talent, like, like you said of in the kids, but also the adults, like yeah. all of those adult actors, none of those are, none of those actors and none of us are union actors. Mm -hmm. So it, it was um, another reason why it was financially possible is because we were so low budget and so small, like, and because of COVID, a lot of our friends who we knew were talented were in the area. Yeah. And they weren't, well, they weren't getting work. Even the adults no weren't, was, you know, like, you know, uh, we didn't know weren't getting work because of you know the yeah yeah and it was in that in between where people like people were ready to start working again but there wasn't opportunity yet because people were scared mm -hmm. and we went crazy with precaution so right. like 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 our set was um like more i think it, i think that our our covid precautions were like kind of more intense than Literally in but in between tapes, I would run around and I'd give people hands. Yeah, we, were, like we did in it between. Really? I was, like that was like yeah. my job is yeah. to constantly be running yeah. around, yeah. like dumping hand sanitizer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we were, we all obviously were wearing du like double masks, so we'd wear mask and shield, and um, mm -hmm. you got your temp taken and stuff, and then um, everyone was socially distanced on set, and like unless. It's actually kind of amazing when you watch the show that it doesn't look like a COVID world because like unless yeah, yeah unless it really doesn't at all. Shooting, it was like it was like everyone was like at like like socially distanced stations and stuff like yeah, that. Everyone yeah, everyone had stations wow. um so. on set where they were positioned away from each other and um oh yeah. It's amazing it's how much we bond we all we were able to bond with the cast too because there was no physical closeness unless we were shooting and credit to like the actors for like how well they were able to handle all of that because because of the covid stuff and the non-unionness of it a lot of it was just kind of i don't want to say fly by the seat of our pants that's not the right words but it was, it was unorthodox because of the pandemic <laughs> and all of that so like the actors did a great job just kind of rolling with the punches and we have the most we were so lucky yeah our i don't i don't know what we did to deserve our cast they're mm -hmm. all so amazing and um and all seem really excited about the prospect of doing more so we're really we're just really grateful for everyone yeah that's so great yeah that's awesome that is that's that's it's it's fascinating to like not knowing that when we were watching it no and not knowing that you were taking all these precautions and just having to to add these extra layers to to make it happen you know on top of it being 
a new series and and y'all were directing it, starring in it, funding it, and then this extra layer of the precautions. So yeah, tell us, Kyle, you and I briefly discussed it on the phone, I want to say last week. Tell us about season two. You've touched on the writing of it a little bit. So will y'all tell us about season two and when it will come out? Oh yeah, yeah sure. of course. So we're in, we're very much in the writing stage right now. Pun on that. I mean, we were coming <laughs> right. up, we were coming yeah. up with ideas but, like ten minutes before we got on the Zoom mm-hmm. call. Um, so it's it's definitely in full swing. The writing of season two. We want to shoot season two end of this year, beginning of next year, which is when which was our timeline for season one. We started in January, um, of. 2021 so now like january of 2024 i guess makes sense um and like that like slash end of this year if it's still possible but we have to we have to get in touch with everyone um and it's something that we we haven't like contacted all of the cast because we've we've gone back and forth about do we want to know what people's scheduling limits are when we come up with the story or do we want to try to make it work and i think it's really that we want to try to make it work because when we film season one um we it was it was it's funny the title act of faith started as a as a joke you know um because it's like like there's so many ways you can read into it like act of faith like um you're pretending to be to go along with this institution of the faith to work there but then there or ali is is acting like he fits in with this community when he doesn't but like it's also theater that is religious and then it's also like he's taking an act of faith by, by not repenting for being gay. He's um, he's, it's, that's an act of faith that the show won't get shut down. Um, There's a lot of different ways you could read into it, but it's become an act of faith for the three of us. Um, This project, every step of the way. Yeah. And um, the, when we wrote season one, it was an act of faith with every episode that the actors would be willing to give us that kind of time with their schedules. We we pay them for every day on set, but we don't pay them um, the like what they'd make if they were on some union show or something. And, and if some actors can be very very bitchy about small things, and well, sorry, that's probably rude of me to say, but but we got lucky with our yeah. actors who were very <laughs> just so easy to work with. I don't think there's a <laughs> there's someone in the cast that we're not excited to like it it just was like a family basically. Like it's one of those projects that you hear about and mm-hmm. and um you know you dream about when you go into this where I, I everyone was so supportive of each other. We were also impressed by each other and we made each other laugh. Mm-hmm. Like that that which to get back to your point is what's so hard about I mean you know you've seen the whole season you know what happens at the end of yeah we were setting nine. something up you know, you know so we had intentions we with where to take the story where we would but, need the actors to come back to really satisfyingly continue what we what we put the audience through at the end right. of season one <laughs> well, it's, you know it's you know because we're such a family and you know we've worked with you know a certain actor who you know I don't want to spoil anything, you know. It's you, hard you because there's know, the plot you know? twist, but you know, and, and you don't see it coming. And so, it's, so, so it's like, okay, we don't know well, what, what to do say. we do with them because they're, you know, um, you know, if you watch the show, you'll know what I yep, mean. Absolutely. Can you tell our listeners uh, where they could find uh, Act of Faith? Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. of course. So right now it's um it's for available to stream on Prime. It's available to stream on Tubi, um, Roku and um omnitube i believe right yeah it's now. on the, so so um, it's the the two platforms where you you can best reach it are it's free to watch on tubi 
um, which is great. And then if you want to purchase it, you can buy it for $5.99, I think, all for season on Prime. And then that's ad free. There's a there's a platform called Reveal that if you make a Reveal account, it's free to watch on there and it's ad free. So if you don't like ads and you don't like it's Reveal, R-E-V-E-E-L, um, like uh, like how you'd spell a film reel, Reveal um, dot com. And then you don't actually need uh, to spend the money on buying it and you don't need to deal with ads. But most people are if are would would be familiar with at least one of either Prime or Tubi. So we we like to lead with those. But yeah, on Roku, um, it's now built in to watch it on Reveal or on Tubi through Roku and through Apple TV. So and also, um, there is a on our website, um, ActiveFaithShow Yeah, if you just go to ActiveFaithShow dot com, the Kyle first thing made that a really comes beautiful up, landing page with every single streaming option. Yeah, it's just a bunch of buttons. You go there and it just tells you all the places. Great. Yeah. Uh, we uh, wanted to announce that our uh, the we have an album for the show and it's coming out this uh, Friday. I yeah, believe. I, be- yeah, I it believe be it should be platforms. the album yeah. should be dropped should drop on the twentieth. Um, really on October twentieth. It'll be yeah, out. because they used an indie online distributor. Sometimes the days are off by a couple of days, which is why okay. I rather it's the same thing with Act of Faith. We didn't announce a release date. Because like you just can't really count on when you're as bottom of the barrel in the industry as we are, you can't count on those release dates. So it's like instead, what you try to do is you put it out there, and then you get word, try to get word of mouth going, try to get people excited. Like like uh, not oh we have a show coming out that you can watch. It's oh it's already out. You can already go watch it. That's so that's mm-hmm. kind of great. But, and um, where could we could we will we be able to stream the album? Anywhere, anywhere where you Usually, listen to music. Yeah. Okay. Spotify, 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 Spotify. Yeah. Right. great. Because I was going to ask if there was a, 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 an album available because I love all these songs. They're just so much fun um, for any musical theater lover, you know, like us. We're just, we're just oh, definitely over the moon over them. That, like, that's literally the whole reason to do it. So just mm-hmm. to hear you being like, we had fun watching it. We have fun listening to it. That's like the whole point. You're and then- giving, just by <laughs> saying that to us, you're really giving us all of the satisfaction. I'm, I'm not making this up. Like all of the satisfaction of all of the work mm-hmm. um, comes from just hearing that that it resonated with someone that you like. Yeah, it absolutely did. Yeah, the two of us really enjoyed it. And, yeah. you know, I'll get the word out there, you know, to, you know, anybody on social media, anybody uh, you know, I I sing with a a, a gay men's choir of like over two hundred people. I know tons of theater people, and when I like something, you know, you talk about it and you kind of like brag about it. So absolutely. And um, when we when this episode drops, which will be in um, in two weeks, so that'll be on the. It'll be a week from Monday. It'll be a week from this month. Yeah, this episode will drop on October thirtieth. Mm-hmm. So the album will That's be my out, birthday. and and we'll from it's your birthday. Yeah, October 30th is my birthday. Oh, good birthday present. Yeah. (laughs) We'll also promote your website. We'll promote the album. And obviously, we'll promote the show. We had such a great time talking with you guys. So thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. And you guys are all Chicago-based, right? Uh, yes, right now we're Chicago-based. Um, looking to get back to New York. Yeah, we want to go back to New York, um, within the... We keep calling it senioritis because, um, this is... I don't think this is too much of a spoiler because we don't say how, and I think it excites people to wonder how. So I'm just, I just kind of go for it. Um, Act of Faith season three, plot wise. So we came up with all three seasons in one car ride in 2020. Um, like I said, after after Taylor, Taylor died in February 2020 and March 2020 is basically when the ideas started, the inspiration started coming because it sort of lit a fire. 
but we came up, we were driving around and we came up with all three seasons, um, like big picture, what happens in them. And season three takes place. A, a lot of it takes place in New York city. Oh yeah. So the, so we've always thought we'd film seasons one and two, we'd move back to New York and then the scenes that take place in Illinois, we would like uh, visit Illinois to shoot. And then the, the cast would have to come visit us in New York to film the New York. Well, scene. yeah, we like to go to New York. We go we, there all the we'll time. Be, we'll be yeah. extras and so, you don't have to pay. <laughs> so, well, you know, maybe visit a set, but if we can be extras. We can be extras and you do not have to pay us. And I will bring <laughs> you treats because <laughs> I like to bring treats. Oh, well, I'm not gonna do that some bagels. Well, okay, may, but we could bring them bagels. Well, uh-huh. we, we just want to be extras in your show. Oh yeah, I saw that was the whole thing that you have that you apparently have legendary bagels. Yes. Yeah, we love. We do love we, our bagels. We love our bagels, and we love New York. Yes. And we're trying to we're trying to figure out how to get to New York on a part-time basis mm-hmm. that's yes. i have my vision board and my vision board is a new york sticker that i put on my console be quiet that i put on my be quiet <laughs> that i put on my console in my car and it covers up what radio station i'm listening to and he made fun of it the other day he's like you need a bigger <laughs> one and i'm like i don't need a bigger one it's this, <laughs> the idea. It's this small and it just says new york on it it's a sticker on my console and it is my vision board and i'm going to new york on monday for three days and then i'm going to new york two weeks later with my friend pava for a few days we go we go as much as we can we go see shows um i went in march for 24 days just oh, for the heck of it huh? and mark came for you came for like 16 of, 16 those, days. of those days yeah. Two trips. yeah and we and um we saw so many shows we just we have so much yeah. fun in New York. People think we're nuts and we're like, yeah, then we belong yeah. here. And people are like, how much PTO do you have? I was like, but I was working my nine to five, you know, from the, the, the hotel, hotel. From my hotel know, room. Yeah, Monday through Friday. And then at night, go see shows, do dinners, and then, you know, just plan the weekends. But And I have yeah. six part-time jobs. So I just, but at the time I did not. And what, by the way, one of my part-time jobs, I work, uh, I work at a, a local theater here, not too far from where I live, in a oh. suburb of Dallas called Farmer's Branch, and it's called Firehouse Theater. And the theater is an old firehouse. Mm-hmm. And I make, I pop the best popcorn. I am the patron services yeah. assistant, <laughs> which means, <laughs> oh, at least like, oh my yeah. God, which means that I handle the concessions. So I got to tell you, I mean, Dana, if you want to come see, if you want to come see Finding Nemo Jr. in two weeks, <laughs> so that you can create a poster for season two. Oh. I'll get you a comp ticket. Oh my God. <laughs> for dancing nights. I, I mean, they might. I can, I can ask my boss. Yeah. I mean, I can see if there's a part for dancing night finding yeah. Nemo Jr. Exactly. <laughs> and you can, I'll give you a, a, a Coke, some popcorn, and I some skills. And you're set. You're set. my calling be to, set up. to play every unnamed ensemble role. Just in the whole musical theater canon. Yeah. That that's what I'm gonna do. Oh, I think that's amazing. She's like I, fish number five in the yeah. show. Really you know, I'll talk to you. you know what? I'll talk to the, the the casting director and just see if he's got space for one more person in the ensemble. Yeah. One more, one more fish. I, have a, I have a guest room in my house. So I mean, I mean, Perfect. it's ripe for the picking. Yeah. Come on, Dana. <laughs> if, I, if I can get you into the ensemble. Yeah. 
There yeah. you go. <laughs> this is Dana's big break. It's big break. Yeah. yeah. It's, I love it's your it's your big break. <laughs> yeah. I that I wonderful for me. Dancing fish, here I come. Yeah. And I I have to tell you, I was thinking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Now, whenever I see a poster or an ad for a show, I'm just gonna think of it like the junior version of it, like Spring Awakening, Junior. junior. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my favorite details that you don't see very well on the show, there's no shot that really zeroes in, but I remember seeing it on set because we filmed in there all the time. The Sunny in the Park with Junior uh, poster has a detail on it that Jeremy added where it says um, that the performances were on Sunday after church. And oh, what's I really the, funny I about it is, yeah. I don't think I saw that little nuance. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like so, in small print. This is this is so nerdy and so specific that only, but if you look at all the dates on every other show and you like Googled what they were, they were always like Thursday through th- Saturday shows. And that was the only show, Sunday in the Park, Junior, oh. Sunday show. So you I just know that, so that there was a lot of drama over having a Sunday oh. show. Speaking, of, speaking <laughs> you know? of Easter eggs, something you might not have picked up on because we didn't get as many shots of it as, as we'd like. Um, Ollie and Harper's Conspiracy Theory of the Week. Um, if you rewatch the show, it's blinking, you'll miss it at times, but they have conspiracy theory. There's uh, on that whiteboard in the room um, when they're not using it to figure out who the saboteur is, there's a different conspiracy theory every week of the timeline of season one. And a lot of them didn't even end up on camera. And we made such a big fuss about like, what day, what day is our, what days of which are we shooting today? Make sure the right conspiracy theory is on the board. And, uh, but there's, like are the Keenan Bulgers yeah, actually are, are the, related? Are the, the one that you can clearly yep. see yeah. is are the Keenan Bulgers actually related? And it's a whole conspiracy theory. That's like was Meryl dubbed in? Yeah, uh, was Meryl dubbed the in, in the Into the Woods movie? You can see that one. And then yeah. um, <laughs> oh, the the um does the cast of Spring Awakening exist in the Glee universe? Because that's <laughs> a huge one for us. Oh, yeah, that's on the board too. Um, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's what's the one with the Spring Awakening or with the next to normal cast? Because the, oh, yeah, the Dallas Ripley one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then there's this there's one with oh, is Spider is Spider-Man turn off the dark part of the MCU? Was another one. The yeah. Marvel uh. Cinematic. Um wait, that's just what Ollie and Harper do every day instead of their jobs. <laughs> I love that. Sit around and talk yeah. about shit like that. That's like your your backstory or yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We've got to go back and rewatch yeah, no, those episodes for a third time. And look for you know, that's what they did on I don't know if you knew if you were friend the show friends fans yeah but that's what they did on in joey and chandler's apartment yeah they would always put new pictures and write new things on their thing on the inside of the door oh that's i would love that yes no I, I i'm a stickler for details like that they just you know they make me so happy. me too yeah. me too and i have to i'm gonna i love what you're wearing and i'm gonna send you this guy that i started following his name's ricky um and on instagram and he wears pearls and a scarf every day and oh he, and so i'm gonna send you his instagram account it's super he's super super cool and interesting and i think you'll like his style because I, oh, I love what you're wearing thank you so much yeah, jeremy's you. our style and i mean he looks classy in season one wearing those suits but in real life like Jeremy, Jeremy is. I'm a huge Bob Mackie fan. I I love glitter and you know, just like opulence and stuff like that. And so you know, I try. 
Yeah. I would, there's another, there's an account I follow on Facebook using glitter and it's a girl that's a very, very cute girl. That's a cart girl at a golf club at a country uh-huh. club. And she'll show herself putting on makeup and fit, getting the golf cart ready. And she's like, okay, some bug repellent. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and a hug repellent. And she puts glitter on herself <laughs> and she calls it hug repellent. Cause she's this very, like very, very pretty, very busty, wears revealing clothes, cart girl. And she's all about the tips, but she's like, I have to put on my hug repellent. So, I love it. <laughs> I used to be a bartender at a golf course. So I get it. Like you need hug repellent. Really <laughs> yeah. Some of the stories that she tells, um, she, she's, yeah, she's like this guy, and he was coming on to, and she says it. She's she has a really like funny kind of light voice, and she's like, yeah, but I made sure to tell him. Well, maybe I would be impressed if you tipped, and maybe uh, I need to go in and tell your wife that you're hitting on me and asking and ask me out. And I bet she has to have a conversation like that every day, multiple yes. times a day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but she's had told stories like that when she worked at the country club. Old, really? Old asking me out on dates and like just just like very old men, like dinosaurs, like mm. we're like 50 to 60 years apart in age type of deal. And but so oh, they have a lot of money and a heart condition and no yeah. family to contest <laughs> exactly. the will. Yeah, that's that's what I have said this exact they go for it. Yeah, we need funding. Mark, yeah. we are on the same page. I was like, if only, if only. Yeah, like, I'm like one good stub, and all that money is yours. Yeah, yeah. So I, there you go. I'm Dana. I know, same face. <laughs> yeah, no, but I will say, what this girl flashes, she's like, well, it was a pretty good day. I made five eighty five. A pretty good day. Yeah, I, like, I know. Days. Yeah, but I don't like when people do that on like on TikTok when they like give way too much information yes, like sure. there's that girl that bartender who's in trouble right now on tiktok oh yeah i know who you're talking about yeah Lisa. yeah Lisa, said because she's Cause given she, she she's like if a card gets declined mm, you can run it and yeah. you can charge a penny to it yeah. and then you can see if you can add on but she would tell people <clears throat> where exactly she's bartending what time so now that she has like all these viewers on tiktok all these people will go and want to have her as a bartender. And then the other bartender just kind of sitting there doing nothing because they all want her to bar to be there to get yeah. a drink from her. So I think people put a little bit too much information. Yeah. And details. Yeah. I, I like, I like this girl's stories. The one, the golf cart girl. Yeah. They're interesting and she's funny and she, um, I like her story. And I, I love to see how much money she makes because you know what? She knows how to work it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. She's, you know what? We all we all need money. We yeah. all got to pay we're our rent. And yeah. she's Everyone's she, and she's also she'll say she's like, "Listen, if y'all want to be a cart girl, here's what you have to do." And she actually gives like steps on what to do. Dress like this for the interview, dress like you play golf. You have to do this. You've got to make sure you do this. You have to And so she's actually interesting and it's fascinating to see how much money she makes but what she has to put up with like what i'm sure you had to put up with dana yeah so i'm looking at my notes here so i want to know what the what's the obsession with joseph because obviously they want to date joseph and they made some dream code and then then there's a don't close every door to me phil right (laughs) (laughs) i think it's it's like the musical in communities like that like if you grew up in a conservative like religious youth theater community 
there's there's no there's no topping Joseph. It's the greatest musical uh-huh. to ever exist. Okay. If you have a, a different opinion, you're fired. You're it, gotcha. I'm a Jew from Jersey, so I did not know <laughs> Although I did do two productions of Joseph, and it's so much fun, but I didn't know about the whole, right. uh, that's the end-all, be-all. Okay. Well, all, the mom, all the moms are all so horny for Donny Osmond. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Literally, oh, my God. A couple weeks ago, I met a random woman who's, like, in her, like, you know, late 40s, who... It's not a theater person, but it came up. She's like, oh, I love Donny Osmond. I actually went up to Michigan to see Donny Osmond in the show. And I was like, we wrote real life. <laughs> we wrote you. Yeah. You're in my script. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's like a real thing is these middle-aged moms who are obsessed with Donny Osmond. Yeah, that's so funny. Did you guys watch Claim to Fame? No. It's the reality show, the two of the Jonas Brothers. It's basically all that's these relatives of famous people are in a house and it's you they have to they have clues and they have to guess who their famous relative is okay well chris osmond was in it it's donny osmond's son looks exactly like donny osmond and his clues were puppy love um teen idol in the 70s and nobody he got to the final three because nobody could figure out who he was and then there was another there was another clue, um, wore, uh, a coat of many colors. And still, nobody had any clue of who he was. I'm sure and everyone was like, looks exactly like his dad. And wow. every week I was like, me and Martin, my best friend from Jersey, we're like, how do they not know? Like all these clues are just like, just giving it to you. And yes. he has Donnie's face. Like, he, like <laughs> you have to Google this because craziness i wrote it down claim to fame i'm gonna watch it oh my god it's amazing yeah this this, it's a it's season two there are two seasons it's the most current season and he gets all the way to like the final three when someone finally figured out who the hell he was (laughs) that's amazing sounds awesome crazy crazy well y'all we really appreciate y'all you're reaching out to us and setting aside time to do this interview with us we love, love, love the show and very are very excited for y'all to start filming um, season two and then for it to come out. And for us to be in season three in yeah, New York. To yeah. Be, yeah. 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 So we can't we'll wait to have you on our show. Like a, a little for me. No, yeah. do not write a part for him, please. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll, uh, everyone here in Dallas will have to put up with walking into the room and his head being this big. Did you know that I had a major part in Act of Faith and that was only an extra? That is what will be said. That is what will be said about 175 times. This is true, this is true. So please don't give him a part, but we will be extras. And I'm not kidding, Dana. I know what I'm going to be for Halloween. Oh, if you think I'm kidding, I'm not. I love it. I love it. Please send us pictures if you actually do that. Don't worry. Don't you worry. There will be pictures. That would make me so happy. Yeah. And if you you guys are ever in Dallas, you know, look us up. Let's go out for a drink or a meal or something. We'll show you around. You guys guys are so much fun. I really had a blast just like chit chatting with you. So it was just so much fun. I did too. It is yeah, too. it was great. This was so much fun. I just felt like I was like hanging out with friends. Yeah. Well, three friends. Three friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lots yes. of life now. No. Absolutely. Bye.